podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing today? Hello. Good morning. I am. I am well. I'm ready to to talk some Niners. Yeah, it should be a should be a fun time talking Niners. We have hit probably the biggest lull of the offseason calendar. We had free agency. We had the draft. We just wrapped up mini camp OTAs, and now it's kind of like okay, peace until training camp. So I think today we're hoping to just catch up on everything that kind of went down in the last couple of weeks, talk a little bit about what happened at, at mini camp and OTAs, and then look ahead to some of the things we're excited about at training camp. But it's, it's kind of a fun stage of the 49ers calendar right now. It's a big, it's a lull. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the off season of the off season is what I called it growing up was like, you know, there's off season where there's signings, there's trades, and there was a busy season of that, a busy time Ooh. for that in this off season. But then we hit this period where it's like, okay, people are actually, you know, just chilling, getting ready for camp and all this good stuff that's behind the scenes. So if you're not looking very carefully or very closely, you know, it seems like nothing's happening. And so yeah. I was telling Timmy before we recorded that um, some of my friends didn't even know that mini camp rookie camp and just any kind of camp had happened. I'm like, yeah, that's what happens every off season. Uh, but they just weren't, weren't sure that it was going on. It's because they hadn't read or heard about a lot of stuff. So easy to be passed by, but we're here to make sure that it isn't passed by for you. Yeah. The first yeah. little bit of, of news we're going to hop into. It's kind of some sad news for happened me. Happened right after we recorded too. Every time we record and then the big news, we'll literally say, like, keep an eye on if this is going to happen. And then it, then it happens. We mean it. We mean we know something's coming. Yeah, it's good we advice. Keep it's an good eye advice. On it. Uh, the news is that Alex Mack is hanging up the cleats. He is retiring. Uh, there was rumors of this. We talked about this in, I believe, the last two podcasts that it was a possibility. Um, I personally didn't think it was going to happen. Thought there would be one more year of him. Um, he did just get married, and so I think that that was an enticing piece for him to, to hang up the cleats. He's 35. He might have turned 36 by now. And, uh, yeah, so congratulations, Alex Mack, on an incredible career. Yeah. Um, I believe he was in the all-decade. He for, was, yeah. He was. It was him he was and – the all-decade team for the 2010s. Was it him and Jason Kelsey as the uh, top two centers? That might it, be correct. I was it Marquise Pouncey? Let me look. I'm curious. It, it was. It's got to be Jason Kelsey or Marquise Pouncey. It would not be Marquise's brother Mike, who I think is also retired. The 2010s, Alex Mack and Marquise Pouncey. Nice call. Okay, it was Pouncey. Ooh, wow, so there's a 49er means... on this list. Mm-hmm. Do you know, do you know who the 49er on this list is? He's on offense. There might be more, but the one I'm looking at right now on the 2010s all decade team did not know he was on this. I believe on the 2000s, there's a, there's even more. Cause you got Patrick Willis there. 
Um, offense. Oh, okay, two. We got two. Two Forty Niners. My bad. Is Willis on the tens as well? Willis is on the tens. Yes. So that's one, but that's not one I was counting because I was looking at offense. But yes. So Patrick Willis on the two thousand tens. That makes Did total sense. Oh, Trent Williams. Trent Williams. No. What? So you're close. He's not- what? Trent's well, who is not on the list. Same position, but a 49er in the 2010s. Oh, good old Joe Staley. Joe Staley. And then we have one more. We have Alex Mack, a recently retired 49er. And we have one yes. more recently retired 49er who is on the NFL 2010s all-decade team. Frank Gore. Frank Gore. Good call. Let's good call. Go. Running back Frank Gore, who we should get the news out, did sign a one-day contract with the 49ers yes. recently to officially retire as a Niner. And then there is technically one more 49er on this list. We have Richard Sherman as one of the cornerbacks makes total sense at the time. Sure. We Niners fans hated him during the most of the 2010. So it's hard to really identify it him is. as a Niner, but it, it makes sense that he's, that he's on, on that list. Patrick Willis is a linebacker. And I don't think there are any other Niners on this. That's a pretty solid amount of Niners on there. That's, that's fun it to is. see. I, I genuinely was not expecting um not expecting Frank Gore to be on that. But for I mean he was he just never got enough credit in my opinion for uh how skilled he truly was because statistically he was not an Adrian Peterson, right? You know, he was not like every single year leading some category, but he was one of the most consistent running backs throughout his whole career. That's kind of his claim to fame is totally. He's one of the, he's one of the healthiest running backs we'll ever see. What's so funny he, is he wasn't in the beginning of his career. He had like but just with how long and how many then, years he played a full season. He, yeah. And that's, that's, what's nuts about the running back position. What, is what says think that's crazy. What really to me identifies how old Frank Gore is, is there's a running back who I think is on the chiefs who's named Derek Gore, who was playing last year or two years ago, still playing, but recently joined the league. And like, I genuinely thought he was Frank Gore's son for a little bit. He's not, but the fact that like, I could think that Frank Gore had a son playing in the NFL at the same time, Frank Gore was technically still an NFL player shows how long of an NFL career Frank Gore had. And, and what's most impressive is he did it at a position that people don't do that at no. like we always talk about how how running back you know beats you up how short careers don't pay running back stuff like that and then here comes frank gore to just really turn that on its head and have a really really long successful career frank gore's son is uh in college i want to say he's probably going to his junior maybe even senior year this next year yeah, uh, does he right. have to is he at the U as well? He might be. I'm trying to remember. His if I get it wrong, I'm son, sure it a lot of people offended. Yep. His son, Frank Gore, his, his son, Frank Gore Jr. is playing at University of Miami at running back. He was born in 2002. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah. So they were close to playing together, which is just insane. But uh, I'm real glad that he retired in Niner. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. Um, no, definitely not. So where was he? He played for the Jets. He played for the Bills. Yep, Bills. 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 Colts. Colts is the team that he really. The Colts and the Bills were the last couple of teams he really had serious yes. run on. He was on the Dolphins for a season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah. He played the entire Frank. division except for the Shout Patriots. out to Frank Gore. I uh, we love you, Frank. wish we'd, we'd run the ball with you a bit more in a particular Super Bowl, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so to shift back to kind of how we started talking on this, Alex Mack, the 49ers yeah, center, sorry, Alex. Has, has retired. Um, it's a bummer. Mack was one of the NFL's truly great centers, and, and we've talked a little bit on this pod about how a great center really, really helps a coach, really, really helps a young quarterback. A good center can help assist with calling out protections. A lot of the thing takes some of the burden of that stuff off of a, of a young quarterback that I think could have really, really helped Trey. So I'm, I'm bummed to be honest. And I'm, I am guessing the 49ers did not know this when they signed him to a three-year deal last summer. I think they would have maybe looked at something else. I, and I think we've, we talked about how we expected that Mac retiring to be followed pretty quickly by a move of signing uh former Brown center, current free agent, JC Treader. That still hasn't free happened. Agent. Yeah. That hasn't happened yet. He's still a free agent, but the, the consensus, what beat reporters are saying is that the 49ers are really, really happy with who they have in, in the room currently. I don't, obviously we don't know if that's true. We've seen again and again that this 49ers front office and coaching staff is willing to lie to our faces to, in order to subtly pull off the moves they want to make all respect to them. But, we know that Kyle Shanahan lies and that they that's that's what they've done for his time with the team. And that's so that's just something to keep in mind. But all signs point to the Niners wanting to run with who they have in-house. That's a couple of undrafted free agents who are getting a little buzz. And then the name that is really getting getting pushed out there is Jake Brendel, who was the backup center last year, spent the whole season with Trey on the scout team. Trey has been gushing about him to the media saying like his lockers right next to mine. I love the guy. He's a freak athlete. Like, so all signs point to Jake Brendel, maybe being the 49ers starting center this season. I don't, I don't you know. think that the connection that Trey and Jake seem to already have, you know, being locker buddies and everything. Do you think that's why they seem to be so vocal about feeling good with the room they have? Yeah, maybe. I mean, the connection is valuable, but like how, how valuable, you know, like it, it adds something, but does it add enough to, to go with that a was, 29-year-old backup practice squad guy. That was to bump scout him up team to the level of they were like, practicing on. Yeah, <laughs> to bump him up to the level of someone like Mac or or Treader or someone like that. Like, you get a boost if you have a good connection with the quarterback, right? But how much of a boost? I don't know. And I don't know what the baseline of, of Brendel's ability is. So that's, that's something to keep in mind. On paper, I'll be honest, I don't like it. I really want the 49ers to bring in somebody else. But I I think grudgingly, I have to admit that I trust this coaching staff and this front office. And even though on paper, I don't like our center room. And to be honest, I don't like much of our O-line right now. And we'll, we'll transition talking about that in general for a second. I also have seen this team pretty consistently produce good O-line play under Kyle Shanahan's tutelage. And so I, I'm inclined to give him the benefit of the doubt but I don't like it. Okay, let's let's take a look at the whole O-line right now. This is ESPN depth chart. Left tackle, Trent Williams. Left guard, there's some controversy here potentially. Left guard is Colton McKivitz, according to ESPN. Thanks for the record. Uh, Jake Brendel at center. Daniel Brunskill, a right guard. And Mike McGlinchey, a right tackle. So the tackles are set right? But it's the interior yeah. offensive line that is potentially all up in the air. I think Brent school's got right guard pretty locked up. Um, 
another site has got you know Williams left tackle, Aaron Banks left guard, Jake Brendel center, Daniel Brunskill right guard, and Mike McGlinchey right tackle. So both have Jake Brunskill under there. ESPN has um, Donovan West as the backup center. And then this other one has got Daniel Brunskill as the backup center before Donovan West. Because we've seen Brunskill play plenty of center. Um, my thought is if, because left guard is, the competition is between Aaron Banks and Colton McKivitz, right? Yeah. Do you think there's a chance if, if it wasn't Brendel who is center and it wasn't because we signed Treader, which hopefully we do, is there any chance that uh, Brunskill slides to center and then McKivitz and Banks go left guard, right guard? Yeah, I think that's not unlikely if they go someone besides Brendel. But again, I think they would be, I think they would be pushing that more, especially since Brunskill has played center before. He's done, like he's he's done that. So because of that, I'm, I'm I think it's unlikely. I think it's more likely you've got a guy like Zakelge who was drafted this year, and is it is it Donovan West? was yep. an undrafted free agent that the 49ers paid like an abnormally high large amount of money to. I think he's coming from Arizona State. Yeah, but Jason... he was projected to potentially go in the third or the fourth round originally. Sure. And then just did not. So that's why I, I could see that that being something. Ooh, Jake Brendel went to UCLA. I'm embarrassed. I didn't know that. Go Bruins. Never mind. Big Brendel guy. Big, big Brendel guy here. <laughs> that was um, easy. That was easy. But anyway, um, the name that also has gotten a little buzz is Jason Poe, I think, another undrafted free agent, or maybe we drafted him. So there are there have been some interesting moves they made with rookies this year. And then there's also a guy like Spencer Burford who was drafted this season out of UTSA. Like there are guys who who people are looking at. And so I I it wouldn't shock me if some of these rookies play their way in, but Based on the communication, it seems to me like they're preparing for Banks to take that left guard spot, keep Brunskill at right tackle where he's played, or right guard where he's played. Hope McGlinchey takes a step forward coming off his injury because he was not not as good as he had been at, at various times last season. And quite frankly, his pass protection has always needed needed improvement. Um, and then McKivitz and Moore become those two like backup guys. Yeah, I think Moore is probably going to be the swing tackle because he kind of kind of did that last year. Unless Justin School, who's coming off an ACL tear, I think, gets back to where he was because he was a solid swing tackle for the Niners a year or two ago. But yeah. I I think it'll probably be Moore playing that swing tackle spot. That's what he did last season. And then I expect Banks to to be a starter with just with all the hype that's coming out of him around camp. The team is clearly prioritizing communicating confidence in him. Yeah. That they are. Okay, another, I don't even want to say piece of news that we have. Here's your your Jimmy update, even though. He's still on the team. No one's shocked anymore. I think it was like a year ago that we were saying, hey, maybe Jimmy won't be on the team. I just cannot believe looking back at, I listened to our first two episodes of the off season the other day, and we were so adamant on. We were so oh, naive. Maybe, yeah, seriously, so naive. Like, maybe it's this week that Jimmy's gone. And I was saying, I made a bold statement. I'm <laughs> still, neither have happened. I said, I bet in the next two weeks, when we record next, that either or Debo will be extended and Jimmy will be gone. Oh, for two, my friend. Oh, for two. And not even a boast extension, like in that time, just 
nothing, nothing of what we thought the off season was going to be has happened. Yeah. Um, it just shows you how little I know. Um, but there's no news in terms of the Niners on Jimmy, but uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield, the Browns now cornerback two. Uh, those are the two. Those are the yeah. two best backups in supposedly in the NFL. Sure. Those there's are the, a lot of, sorry. No, I was just gonna say, those are the, those are the guys that have long tenures as starters and have guys in front of them. And so they're looking to be shipped out elsewhere. The Browns have a tricky situation where I'm pretty positive Deshaun Watson is going to miss a few games at some point with a suspension. Um, so I'm surprised that they don't, I have not heard them say like, yeah, we're going to hold on to Baker until we figure that out. Uh, I believe that's why they went and got Jacoby Brissett is just for that reason. Um, so they're still pretty, pretty set on wanting to ship out Baker and the rumblings that I'm taking forever to get to is that the Panthers uh, trade talk for Baker Mayfield is, is heating back up. Um, why is that important? Well, that just means that the Panthers are, really one of the only teams left that would be interested in potentially interested in trading for Jimmy Garoppolo, let alone any starting quarterback. And if it's not Jimmy, then it's Baker. And that means that Jimmy has one less trade destination available for us to get him out to. Um, so let's just role play. Let's say that the Panthers get it done and they get Baker. And now they've got Baker, Darnold and uh, Matt Corral. Yeah. One, just someone's got to land. Someone has to be able to play quarterback decently. What does that mean for, for Jimmy and the Niners? Does that set in stone that he's on the Niners this coming season, or are there other options? Well, I mean, there's an option of releasing him. Yeah. And that, I think, is is an option that's probably being considered by the team. I just read, I didn't read the whole thing, but Matt Barrows and David Lombardi of The Athletic released their first 53-man roster preview, and both of them have Jimmy not being on the roster day one. Mm. And they said, you know, they might release him when he comes back, when he's cleared to throw. They said the team has been consistent. They Everything was put on pause when Jimmy had his shoulder surgery. When he gets cleared to throw next month, they're going to try to trade him again, and otherwise they'll cut him, and they won't have him on the roster day one of the regular season, or else they have to pay him $24, 25000000 million. His roster, his salary becomes guaranteed. So... Their expectation is that he gets cut. I think one of them said the other thing is they might keep him on the roster and wait for, for the season in the hopes that another team's quarterback gets injured because that's, that's what we have to keep in mind. The Panthers and the Seahawks are really the only teams that, get, that are getting the notice now. But say Aaron Rodgers tears his ACL in training camp. Like suddenly that's the destination. You have a quarterback who's played in that system, send them there. Like that, that's the thing we have to keep in mind is that things will change. You don't want to root for someone to get injured. We don't want to celebrate that, but things can and will change. Heck, Aaron Rodgers is a great example because he might retire any day of the week. But with, with that, so it's true. I think they could still get a trade. Lewis Riddick of ESPN was talking about how he really thinks the Seahawks could really, really use someone like Jimmy. I don't see those two teams coming to a deal, but if the 49ers do, if the 49ers cut him, someone will take him. Maybe the Patriots bring him in to be their backup again. (laughs) Maybe he goes there. Like he will get signed. So that's the bummer because it's like, well, we know someone else would take him. So why can't we trade him to that team and get something? So it's all interesting. 
it'll be, I just, what I would say is keep in mind that this could be completely a completely different quarterback landscape at the NFL next week. So yeah. Yeah. The Seahawks have been talked about just because they have drew lock and Geno Smith. Um, who else did they take a rookie? I don't think so. I think those are their guys. Okay. Uh, people have been saying that Jimmy to the Seahawks is possible, but the Seahawks have not said anything. They've been pretty vocal about like, no, we're going with, with Gino and drew and Gino's got the upper hand because he's been there before. Um, he's been there much longer than drew. And I don't think that, you know, I don't think that much of the divisional trade stuff really matters when we're talking Jimmy Garoppolo, like, I don't think the Niners are refusing to trade him to the Seahawks because we're afraid it's going to bite us in the butt, like like a Russell Wilson thing. Uh, I think we'll be okay. So I just don't see it happening. But yeah, I I would probably say the outcome is is something along the lines of what you just laid out. It's going to be, I think he's going to get released. And then just, I swear, a quarterback gets injured at the start of the season or before the season every year. And whatever team that is, is going to go out and sign them. And it's going to kind of stink for us because we're going to get nothing in return when there was talk of before the surgery, maybe a first round. I think that was too high of a price, but second, second round within the realm of possibility. Yeah. I mean, it's a bummer. Um, but I, I think it's time for the 49ers. The 49ers seem ready to move on to be yep. with to have Trey be the main guy. And I just, I think it's time to at least save the money soon. So we'll see. Um, they have to wait for him to pass a physical before they release him or else they owe him. I think it's an $11 million injury bonus. Jeez. So there's just so many different things. So it's going to, it's all on hold until he passes a physical. For all we know, the 49ers and the Browns or something, I don't know why the Browns, but I'm just picking a random team, have a deal in place that will go through the second he's cleared. Like there's so many different factors that I think, I think that's all worth keeping in mind, but it's, it's a bummer. Yeah. 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 Um, that's all, that's all there really is to say about it. It's just a bummer to see the way that they've handled it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad they're, they're treating him right. And he's a good guy and he's handled this whole thing. Um, but his time is done. Trey's time is now. This is not, discussion I, I think that in the last few weeks to me this is the last thing i'll say on the quarterback situation but i think heading into the offseason maybe you and i were convinced i actually i wouldn't say i was convinced but there's a whole lot of people in talk that uh maybe jimmy starts the year as a starter you know whether we bought into that or not there was still a lot of buzz that jimmy was potentially the starter heading into the year this next upcoming season totally. And I think that in the last two to four weeks, all of that has been put to rest. And not only like, oh, because we want to trade him, there was still talk. If we don't trade him, he could still be the starter. I think every there's not a single claim anyone could make that he would be the starter, even if we kept him. Trey is on every breakout list. Trey is uh, skyrocketing through projections and everything. And I just think it's clear as day that Trey will be the starter, whether Jimmy is there or not. And we don't think he will be there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think he's going to be going to be moved, but what's tough to me is I worry about a scenario where like Trey Jimmy's on the roster as the backup. Trey has one or two bad games and Kyle Shanahan starts, you know, doing the meme where you turn around. That's what I'm, that's what I'm worried about. No, thank you. Yeah. So that's why I'd like him off the roster, but 
like I said, all signs point to the team planning on moving him. Yeah. yeah. That'd be very nice. Um, what else we got here? I think we wanted you to know, talk a little training camp. Yeah. Position battles to watch, I think, is on the docket. Position battles to watch. And as I was thinking about this, there's not a ton. You know, there's your every every team has the position battles between, you know, receivers, running backs, because there's so many. And we always have battles between the running backs. Um, you know, Tim and I were talking before we started recording about predicting uh predicting the depth chart is always fun that's one of my favorite things um but just last year having elijah mitchell be our top back and one of the best the best rookie back there was well i don't know if i can say that elijah harris is pretty good too um but regardless it's it's a challenging thing to do and so you know you've got your battles where like trey sermon um, all the running backs are going to be battling for second, third, fourth position on the depth. Yeah, back. I was going to say running backs were the one I want to talk about the most as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, to me, that's the most obvious positional group. Totally. And it's not as much player to player position battle. The player to player position battle that is probably most obvious or prevalent and most truly defined as a position battle would be at the edge, a defensive end for drake jackson and samson ebukum and you could potentially put d ford in there i don't think yeah locked up as the starter alongside bosa it's worth mentioning that i think shanahan said a week or two ago that the 49ers still plan on releasing ford in the near future so i I think it's safe to take ford out of the picture but you've got guys like Hyder, ebukum drake jackson i think you're right i think it's a drake jackson samson ebukum like battle really i'm I'm rooting for J- for Drake Jackson. I think he's got the higher upside. It's hard to be rooting for a USC Trojan, but I will do it for the benefit of the 49ers. But I think I think Jackson might walk away with that one, but I agree with you. That's a fascinating positional battle. The 49ers have always pr- under Shanahan Lynch uh prioritized stocking up that D-line and that edge. And so mm-hmm. we've got a real a real war chest at that position. And I'm excited to see who comes out on top and then who settles into maybe a good rotation as a good rotational player. Yeah. When I think position battle, that's the kind of battle I think of like the running back room for every team is always a battle to see how it shapes out. That's a given, but and, you know, every position you could say that you could make that argument for every yeah. position, but here with these guys with rookie Drake Jackson being a stud, Samson Ebicom being great last year in my opinion for what was asked of him and then d4 lingering and carry Hyder. you know he's behind bosa on the right side but we've seen good things from carry so you know maybe he plays out of his mind and he's like hey i'm yeah. gonna start on the left side alongside bosa yeah it's a possibility i um, uh i actually do want to talk about the running back room for for a second i'm i'm not interested in the positional battle of starting running back it's elijah mitchell Hands down, no questions. What I'm interested in is the battle for backup or transitional change of pace smash running back. That's that's what I'm interested in because the players took the position we thought. Trey Sermon was going to be last year alongside Raheem Mostert. Exactly. So the 49ers took Trey Sermon last year and the assumption was he was going to come in to be maybe, maybe they were going to do a smash and dash thing. Let Mostert's speed be the dash. Let Sermon with his, with his size, a little more of a power runner come in. And I, 
I don't know if I see this as one A one B, but there's been a lot of buzz that the 49ers might shift a bit more into a power running team with maybe Lance behind center or under center. And I think what, what really to me points a sign to that is that the 49ers took another third round running back in Tyrion Davis price. Who's again, more of a smasher. What, what's, what's different about, about Davis price is he's fast. He's a big guy who, when you look at him, definitely looks like he's just a classic smashing running back, but he's got a serious, serious top speed. He's a fast guy, which is what the 49ers have always wanted in a running back. So I, I kind of wonder if that's, what's been missing as the 49ers have tried to maybe find a, a smash bigger back to bring into the offense as someone with that top end speed that Shanahan really values. So I'm, I'm excited to see what goes on there. And I'm, I'm really interested as to what kind of goes on between Davis price and sermon specifically, if the 49ers do want to bring in somebody to be a bigger back, what goes on between the two of them really fascinates me. What goes on with Jeff Wilson, maybe as more of a Elijah Mitchell's true backup, what goes on with Jermichael hasty is the third down back. I'm really, really interested with what's going to happen with everyone besides Mitchell in that running back room to what's going to round out that room behind him. And I think sermon and Davis price is definitely the most intriguing, but I'm curious if hasty still makes the roster if Wilson makes the roster as well and what that might mean for the 49ers new ground attack going forward i got two questions for you one do you remember who the running back who the odd man out was last year it was between sermon uh no uh we did not we thought sermon was way higher at the start of the year so it was between jamichael hasty elijah mitchell and wayne gallman Bye-bye, Wayne. They, we, we honestly thought, I don't think we really thought Wayne was the odd man out because he was a great blocker, and I think he great was decent catcher. on special teams. Great pass catcher as well. Um, I think we might have said, I'd have to go back and listen to see if it was Elijah Mitchell or Jermichael Hasty. Um, I was always in on Elijah Mitchell. I will. That was my, that's probably the best take I had on this podcast. I said from day one, Elijah Mitchell's not going to get much play when Raheem Mostert's on the team, but if Raheem Mostert goes down, he's going to be the main, he's going to come up and take that role immediately. And I was right. I said from day one, he's not a backup. He's not like just here to be a guy in the room. He's here to be Mostert's true backup. And I was Mm -hmm. right. He's not many, but but I'm I'm (laughs) second question is, Try to predict the ESPN. I find ESPN depth charts depth depth charts to be most accurate, at least right now in this time. Give me your prediction of what you think the current depth chart is. So you want me to guess what it is right now? Uh-huh. Mitchell one. Uh-huh. Sermon two. Wilson two. Mm-mm. Davis Price two. Davis Price is already at the two. Well, that's dumb. Um, sermon three, Wilson four, hasty five, Wilson three, sermon four, and it doesn't go to five. So hasty's wow. not technically on it. I also think so he's hasty's, five. I think hasty's battling an injury right now. Yeah. Um, what's what people need to remember is hasty was far and away the trusted third down back last season in pass protection and in, in pass catching. Now that's pretty typical that a rookie running back is not as trusted as much by the coaches in in pass protection. So it wouldn't shock me if Mitchell takes on a little more of that, although he is a smaller guy, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. So let's just, I know we're not, we're not doing 53 man prediction right now, but let's just have fun with the running back room. Do you think that they take five this year and keep all five of those guys? Yeah. Or, you do? 
I do. I mean, think about how injured Mitchell was last season. Sorry, I answered your question before you finished it. But no, Mitchell was, was so beat up last year. The amount of running backs we needed to, to play. Maybe one of those guys goes practice squad or something. But the 40, I mean, we were stealing random guys off of other teams' practice squads in the middle of last season. Who was the guy we took from the Bengals? Like, it was his name was like Jacques something. Um, but Oh, you're right, Roger. The fact that the fact that I can't remember his name shows you how desperate we were last season. The 49ers are going to do everything they can to avoid being in that Carry on Johnson. this year. Carry on Johnson, yeah. <laughs> and add in the fact that all signs are pointing to Debo Samuel not wanting to be used out of the backfield as much as he was in 2021 make me think the 49ers are really going to prioritize a deeper running back and room. Chris and Thompson. they're going to, yeah, they're going to stash away these guys however they can in order to make sure that they're, they're ready to, to the thing, the thing that makes me agree with that is going into probably this point last year. So it, our thought was Raheem Moster won a uh, sermon one, like B and a half, you know, it, we were pretty yeah. confident it was a one, a one B thing. We were really confident. The 49ers were going to go smash and dash thunder and lightning with most Wilson. Yeah. Wilson was clearly the number two, or maybe at that point it's number three. And then the number four was between hasty Mitchell and Gallman. And then maybe at that point they kept a fifth for a special teams or something. Um, and so I think that, you know, if your bottom three were Hasty, uh, Elijah Mitchell, and Wayne Gallman, where their value was at last year at this time, uh, Davis Price, Wilson, Sermon, and, and Hasty, they're all way more valuable than any of those guys were last year. Elijah Mitchell being way more valuable this year than he was last year at this point, obviously. So I do think that they go five because I don't think they're going to cut sermon i don't think they're going to give up on give up on him this quickly that'd be pretty wild that'd be a very obvious wasted pick if they did that wilson's a fantastic backup i don't know how they would ever just cut him um and hasty being pretty much the lead third down back last year and and doing just fine in it um and he's great on special teams as well i believe they're all way more valuable than the bottom three we had last year so I do see them keeping all five, um, but I know they need depth at O-line with how it's shaping out and secondary. So we'll see as it gets closer, how much room um, in the next, in the next two podcasts, we're going to, we're going to start our uh, schedule breakdown. And that's when oh, a lot yeah. more news is going to come out as well. And so we're going to see when, when, yeah, Maybe. I don't know. That's what I've like done the hear. breakdown yet. Um, you okay if we look at some defense positional battles? Let's look at some defense positional battles because quarterback don't need to. We just did running back. I was gonna, I got one that I think you're gonna want to talk about on the defense. How you feeling about uh safety and our guy Talanoa Hufanga? Well, let me just let me just tell you what the ESPN depth chart has right now and why it's wrong. Uh, strong safety George Odom. Nope. That's what I have to say is nope. No, no, no. Um, George Odom, I want to look up this guy's stats. I've never been so against a Niner player. That's not true. I'm sure I have been before. But just seeing his name in front of Hufunga is dirty. I think it's wrong. Um, yeah, yes, I think it's going to be Hufunga. I'm over-exaggerating purposely, and it's fun. Um, 
No, I think Odom was added for depth. I don't think he was as much of a special teams play. I think he was truly added for depth and a shot at being a new starting safety. I just don't think uh, it's going to happen. Um, Oren Burks linebacker was the one who was added for more of a special teams role than a chance to start seeing as he's behind Fred Warner. He will never start unless Fred gets injured. Um, but yes, the safety position is a small room. Um, it's got George Odom and then Talanoa Hufunga behind him, Leon O'Neill Jr. And then free safety, you got Jimmy Ward and Tarverius Moore. And that's all they've got for the safety room um, mm. currently on the ESPN depth chart. And that, I guess that is another true position, positional battle to watch. It's very totally. similar to, I guess, somewhat similar to Drake Jackson and Samson Ebicum. Yeah. George Odom is, I actually don't know how long he's been around, um, but he is not, uh, he, he does not have experience with the Niners like Samson Ebicum did. Granted, Samson had one year. He was on his first year at the Niners last year. Um, but he just wasn't a rookie. Neither is Odom, uh, but he's not. He's new to the Niners. And Hufunga is a second year instead of a rookie like Drake Jackson. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it has a similar feel, but I think it's it's more tilted towards Hufunga. Um, but I will be honest. Totally, I agree. He made mistakes last year. Hufunga made mistakes. He's a rookie. There. Yeah, there's absolutely good concern and question if he should be the starter. But I think given uh, a second a second camp and a second go around, I think he's going to do a lot better. Um, or I'm just yeah. a hopeless romantic. So I uh, I've got another defensive positional battle that I'm really interested in. Yeah, I am very curious what's going to go on with the 49ers linebacker room because let me tell you a story. The 49ers. Well, let let's just tell the first you line of the story is that Fred Warner is the best linebacker in the NFL. But once upon a time, the 49ers had a young rookie linebacker by the name of Dre Greenlaw. Dre Greenlaw took the league by storm in his rookie season, highlighted by one of the great 49ers plays in recent memory, where he tackled, I think, Seahawks running back Jacob Hollister on the goal line to prevent a go-ahead tight end to prevent a go-ahead touchdown that would have given the Seahawks the NFC one seed in the playoffs. It was an iconic moment. Greenlaw was penciled in. It was going to be Greenlaw and Warner, Greenlaw and Warner, Greenlaw and Warner. What happened next in this story is not that Greenlaw got worse. It's that a little known linebacker by the name of Aziz Alshire came out of nowhere last season to when Greenlaw was injured to really prove himself a great linebacker him as well. And so now we go into this season with an awesome battle brewing for the 49ers number two linebacker between Greenlaw and Al Shire. And the nice thing is no matter who wins that battle, the 49ers win because Greenlaw's on a rookie the deal. Al Shire's on a smaller contract. I think he's young as well. And regardless what happens, like we're going to have three great linebackers, but I'm really interested to see who runs away with that number two linebacker spot. My money's on Greenlaw, but I, I don't know. I'm really curious to see what goes on there. Any thoughts on the linebacker room, Daniel? Um, I loved your comment about, you know who wins? The Niners win. Uh, that is correct. Yeah, Drake Greenlaw is 25. Aziz Alshire is 24. Um, the ESPN depth chart that we've been looking at has them both starting alongside Fred Warner. Um, Dre's in there out of, 
WLB and Aziz Alshire is SLB and Fred Warner is in not other than middle linebacker position. Oh yeah. And that's where he'll remain. Um, I think, yeah, Aziz and Dre are just, you know, they're the Robin to Fred Warner's Batman, but they're the good kind of Robin. You know, sometimes people get offended. Nightwing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes people are offended. Is when... Nightwing the good Robin? <laughs> I, I guess. I don't know. Uh, people can be offended when you say, oh, you're like the Robin to that guy's Batman. It's like, wait, what? One. Fred Warren is the best linebacker in the NFL. They know they're the Robin, but they're the good kind of Robin where it's like, man, they make Batman even better. And Fred Warner being Batman makes them even better. But I do not mean it as a dig that they're the Robin to Fred Warner's Batman. Um, there's other position, probably not on the Niners, but there's other teams in the NFL where I would say you're the Robin to that guy's Batman as a dig as an insult. Um, no, I, I think that if there is a, a battle to be won between those two guys, I think because we'll go with three linebackers, usually I believe um, because we'll go with three, there's not much of a battle, but if there was a true battle to see who was the number two, I think it's Dre. Um, we saw a lot of all this year because Dre was injured for a long time. Um, but uh who am I thinking of? Who was the linebacker? We had Fred Warner. We had someone else. And Dre Greenlaw was the third guy. Who am I thinking of in the last few years? I don't know why I can't, why I can't think of that one for you. I'd have to go back and look. Because I decided at the time, Dre was in Aziz Alshire's position where he was just getting in there every so often. Oh, this is going to bother me. I don't know. Well, Dre was I'll great up his, rookie, his rookie year. But I think, yeah, in those two, it's, it's going to be in two linebacker sets where we're really interested what what's going to go on there. So that should be should be fun to see. The last thing for positional battle that I want to note, because I'm looking at the depth chart, cornerback room. Uh, left side cornerback, Charvarius Ward. Right side cornerback, Emmanuel Mosley. That makes sense. I believe that's going to be the starting lineup. I think that's how it's going to go heading into the season. But Jason Verrett is in the but room. Behind uh, Emmanuel Mosley is Jason Verrett. Now, do you know who's behind Traverius Ward? Amber Thomas. It's Diamador Lenore. Really? I think Amber Thomas is going to be the... I honestly think Amber Thomas will start over Mosley by the time the season starts. Do you think that Amber Thomas will be the the... Right yeah. side starting quarterback. I think the 49ers two starting quarterbacks will be besides nickel. Nickel will probably be, I'm not, even, who knows what's going to happen at nickel, but I think the 49ers mm-hmm. two cornerbacks will be Charvarius Ward and Ambry Thomas. Yeah. If I had to guess right now, based on Ambry Thomas's improvement over last season, give him an off season. I think he's definitely the highest upside unless Verrett can get back to, to what he was and get healthy. Would Mosley then play the nickel. No, I don't think so. I think it would be Johnson has some uh, has some experience playing the nickel, and that we took a rookie this year who yep. uh, who has experience there as well. And I cannot remember. I believe his name. it's Womack. Womack, it's yeah, Sa- Womack. Samuel Womack. Womack has some experience in that spot. Um, yeah, Verrett can't hear is not Sam- a nickel. Samuel Womack without hearing uh, the Gorillas song that features Bobby Womack. Oh god, classic. Oh no, Stylo. Check it out. Great song. Um. Yeah, Traverius Ward is for sure 
left side started cornerback. Um, the debate between Thomas and Mosley is there. Um, I'm really curious to see how it shapes out. And I'll be honest, I don't know how much left side, right side cornerback truly matters. I'm sure guys have their preference on which side and some guys play better on certain sides. But just the fact that Diamador Lenore is the number two guy behind Traverius Ward is shocking to me that Ambry Thomas, you know, maybe that shows that it does, uh, which side they're playing on really does have a, a say in where they are in the depth chart. But I'm surprised that Ambry Thomas is the third guy on the right side and Lenore is the second guy on the left. Um, I don't know how much that matters. We'll find out. We'll watch as camp comes around and see what teams they're playing on. But um, I'm excited for, for Lenore and Thomas to have another uh, sophomore season um, for Hufunga to have a sophomore season. I'm excited about our secondary. Um, I think that we would have liked to have the room that we do this year, last year. So that having these rookies that we would have had a healthy Mosley, a healthy Verrett, and a Traverius yeah, Ward. That would have been nice. Would've and been no great. Josh Norman. <laughs> no freaking Josh Norman. My goodness. Um yeah, that's what that's mm-hmm. what I've got for positional battles. I don't really have a lot else. Yeah, um, well, thanks for for tuning in today, Niners fans. We love having you. We love getting to do this. We were going to talk, uh, there was an article on, on Niners, Niners Nation that uh, Kyle was handing out superlatives for the 2022 season, um, kind of predictions. Um, so I think uh, next episode, we might just go through those for fun. Yeah, maybe we'll do our see. own superlatives too. I think we're going to kind of have to, but I oh, think yeah. that'll be fun. Oh, yeah. Um, too. Yeah, but yeah, that was good stuff. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll be back in a couple of weeks as usual enjoy the off season and maybe Jimmy Garoppolo gets traded and Debo signs a contract in the next two weeks. Keep an eye on the Nick Bosa extension as well. We want that signed as soon as possible. Stay safe out there, everyone. Daniel, any parting words? Bye.